Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball and we'll, we'll stick in the trenches here since we did some offensive tackle talk. Let's talk about some pass rushers. There is a name that I've seen pop up a lot throughout the season, despite really not seeking it out. But he only has one year of production. He opted out this year, which I, I won't blame him for. But there are some that believe he has enough tools to be a stud. You're on the other side of the fence with Gregory Rousseau, the edge out of Miami. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, to me, Rousseau is a guy that a lot of people really, they want to see Jason Pierre-Paul or Chandler Jones when they watch mm-hmm. him. And, uh, you know, I, Chandler Jones, I don't see it. I mean, you have to be so good with your hands to be compared to Chandler yeah. Jones to me. I, I just, you know, and, and with your processing I mean, Chandler Jones ability to kind of process on the move is just really really good in my opinion uh, Rosso is just way too raw for me to go to that comparison I get body type wise a little bit Jason Pierre Paul is maybe a little bit closer because Paul kind of even in the NFL he like will you know you won't see, notice him for three games and then he'll have three sacks against some chump at, at tackle <laughs> I think there's some of that. I mean, Russo plays Florida State and he gets like six sacks in a game, you know, and then, it, oh, he's 15 yeah. sacks on the year. Well, yeah, I mean, so there's <laughs> some of that, like where, but the di- big difference is, you know, and the, and the similarity is that bursts and, and uh, explosiveness off the line of scrimmage and speed up the arc are neither strong suit, neither Pierre Paul or Russo. So they have to find other ways to win. Maybe Russo finds that. He's young, but again, a guy with his lack of explosiveness off the ball. Is he going to play on the edge full time in the NFL? I really don't know. I, I mean, he's not a great run defender right now. He's not a super technically sound guy. He doesn't push people around on the edge. You know, that what does he hang his hat on as an edge rusher? Because a lot of his production when he had that 15 sack season was on the inside. You know, he was inside over guards or unblocked on stunts and things like that. They did that a lot and he got a lot of production off of that. So it looks great on paper when you turn on the tape. You don't see him win the edge as a pass rusher hardly at all. So you're telling me you're taking a part-time player in the top 15 in Russo? What's the role full-time? To me, better projection for his career is probably more like a Michael Johnson in Cincinnati, and I know people won't like that. Yeah, this edge class is is super weird, and there is another edge that you're low on that's getting some hype out of nowhere. Seemingly, Washington's Joe Tyron has been getting some buzz but you're not sold, John, right? No, I'm so lost <laughs> on this one. Russo, at least, he had production. He plays for major school. He had this crazy production. And, you know, he sits out the year, so the buzz is worn off a little bit. But, you know, I have no clue what we're doing with Joe Tryon. Like, I mean, he's in the first round of mocks all the time. What is the trade? Do people think he's a great athlete? I mean, he's, you know, he's got a good frame, I guess, but he's not really a great athlete at all. He's not explosive or fast. You know, he corners on occasion, but it's usually due to a bad pass set. He's physical and aggressive for sure, but he doesn't have great. I mean, watch the Washington State game, I think, where they're rushing three men all the time, but he's still getting one-on-one matchups a lot on the outside. I mean, he is just, he looks like a, I mean, he's crazy. Like he's just throwing his hands around and spinning in place and not beating anyone. I mean, it's just madness. I mean, it's it's really, he, I give him this. He has great effort. He's strong and he'll, I think he's going to play really hard in the NFL. 
But if you're not a great athlete and you don't have go-to pass rush moves or go-to, you know, quote unquote, way to win as a pass rusher, I am really not sure like why I'm that interested. You're not a great player in space. So there's going to be some limitation to you as a run defender that probably negates whatever you can offer as a point of attack guy. With this with this class, man, like who is the premier edge rusher in this class? Maybe that's why people are reaching for guys like this. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy you take on, take a swing on in the first round? Is it is it Quiddy Pay uh, from Michigan? Is it uh, uh, Jason Owe from from Penn State? Maybe the kid out of Georgia. Like, what are we realistically looking at with the top of this edge class? I think it's Jalen Phillips from Miami is the, is the best guy to me. He's the only guy that is a first round grade for me. I don't think he's a. I know he's not a, like a lock or anything because you know A is only one year for college. I do like to see at least something before that, and he really didn't have. I mean, he started at UCLA. There was off the, some off the field stuff, but also he got three concussions. He medically retired for a year. He got into the music industry. He went down to 218 pounds. Then he decided he really missed football and he went transferred to Miami and he bulked back up to 266. He looks like a Greek god. I mean, his frame is unbelievable. He just, not only do I, do I think there's might be some maturity that happened there as it does for all of us in those years, typically, uh, hopefully. Um, but also, I think physically, the ability to get from 218 to 266 in an offseason and kind of put yourself in position to dominate the ACC for a year, that's pretty special stuff. I mean, that. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.